0: is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he shares his views on the COVID-19 vaccine. It's always important to be wise and take everything to the Lord in prayer. Especially in times of chaos and confusion, it's vital to seek the Lord's guidance. Take time to be in the Lord's presence and to soak in His Word this week. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 28th, 2021.
1: Back on August 20th, the Christian Post published a stunning article about how 2,700 evangelicals are warning against politicizing coronavirus and urging Christians to take the vaccine. The article centered on a Christian statement on science. For pandemic times, which warns against the politicization, I can't even say it, maybe that's a good thing, (laughs) of the new coronavirus and urges Christians to take appropriate action against it. Listen, including taking a vaccine. Quoting, we are deeply concerned about the polarization and politicization. Of science in the public square, when so many lives are at stake. The word science, still quoting, has become a weapon in the culture wars. Scientists are vilified, and their findings ignored, while conspiracy theories go viral. Sadly, Christians seem just as susceptible to these trends. Thoughtful Christians may disagree on public policy in response to the coronavirus, but none of us should ignore clear scientific evidence. I agree, by the way, because you know what the clear scientific evidence says? Get this, nobody died of the flu last year. Miracle. Oh, by the way, while we're at it, the number of deaths... It's the same. Don't take my word for it. You can call me whatever you want, you conspiracy theorist. Fine. It's the truth. It's the truth. Here's a quote from the statement. We call on all Christians to follow the advice of public health experts, and support scientists doing crucial biomedical research on COVID-19. The statement acknowledges that the economic losses and social hardships of the pandemic are painful, and thoughtful Christians will disagree on how to balance those needs with health needs. The article then goes on to say of the statement, quote, Nevertheless, it urges Christians to wear masks, get vaccinated, correct misinformation, (laughs) work for justice, and pray. Mask rules are not experts taking away our freedom, but an opportunity to follow Jesus' command to love our neighbors as ourselves. Christians are called to love the truth. We should not be swayed by falsehoods. Get vaccinated against COVID-19. A large fraction of the population needs to be vaccinated to develop herd immunity, which protects, protects the immunocompromised and others who cannot be vaccinated. Vaccination is a provision from God that will prevent disease, not only for ourselves, But for the most vulnerable among us. I suppose this Pew Research Center report from December 3rd should come as no surprise given the articles like these in Christianity Today and the Christian Post, both of whom are pro vaccine, as according to Pew, intent to get the COVID 19 vaccine has risen to 60%. It's working. And here's the thing it's not just about the vaccine it's also about the mask which by the way those who get a vaccine you think you can throw your mask in the rubbish you better hang on to actually you should throw it in the rubbish because it's full of germs I'm not gonna go there here's what the report had to say Americans are much more likely to say they are bothered by people not wearing masks in public than by stores and businesses requiring masks for service. About 7 in 10 Americans, 72%, say that they are bothered a lot, 49%, or some, 24%, when they are around people in public places who are not wearing masks. By contrast, just 28% say they are bothered, at least some, by stores and businesses that require customers to wear a mask. Far more, 72% say such a requirement does not bother them much or at all. Those who are very 73% or somewhat 61% concerned about getting a serious case of COVID-19 are far more likely to say it bothers them a lot when people around them do not wear masks than those who are not to or not at all concerned about getting the coronavirus. No wonder, no wonder churches have bought this lie. And no wonder they've either kept their churches closed or if they do open They force their people into compliance, requiring them to wear a mask and social distance in church, in church. Why? I would submit that it's because churches today have listened to science as a God, little g, and not listened to the God of science. Let me say the same thing in a different way. We're told, listen to the science. Listen to the science. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to listen to the God of science. How about that? How about that? Huh. Oh, by the way, he created science just so you know. Oh, you can't, you know, when you go to the Bible, and the Bible and science are not compatible. And they pontificate and stroke their beard and smoke. Well, you know, the the thesis is that... uh, These are the same ones, by the way, that say that you came from the goo to the zoo, according to science. By the way, that takes a lot more faith. We talked about this on Thursday night. I mean, think about it. You know the big bang theory, right? Actually, technically, God said bang, and He created, you know, the heavens and the earth. But this whole thing about evolution, and I mean, just think about it. I I like how one illustrated it. It would be like an explosion in a factory, and having all the parts form a functional Boeing 747, that's faith. I mean, wow. It takes a lot more faith to believe that. But I digress. So science now has replaced the God of science. So much so that some churches that have opened their doors have done so not to preach the Word, but rather to vaccinate the people. What follows are several shocking examples of this. Wednesday, February 3rd, Baptist News Global. Public health officials find churches are ideal sites for COVID vaccine clinics. Wednesday, February 10th, the Washington Post. Churches pair up with clinics to deliver coronavirus vaccine to those who need it most. Wednesday, February 24th, USA Today. Faith groups step up to host vaccine sites. Why churches are key places, especially for people of color. Sunday, February 14th, News 12, New Jersey. Churches across the Garden State prepare to open as vaccine centers. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, in New York, and New Jersey, it is still against the restrictions to open your church. The churches that are open in those states, and other states like them, are in defiance of the restrictions. We'll talk more about that in a moment, not just in America, all over the world. Monday, February 8th, Florida Phoenix News. Churches as venues for COVID vaccinations. And then the heading says this. and you, know, you already read it. Don't, just Can you wait for me to read it? <laughs> it? Sends shivers up and down my spiritual spine. You know why? Quote, they ultimately trust the pastor. I think James had something to say about that. Wednesday, February 3rd, Tampa Bay Times. Local pastors call for more vaccinations in communities of color. Pictured here is a photo of a group of Tampa Bay area pastors holding a news conference. Wednesday, February 17th, lastly, and I saved this for last for a reason, New Jersey News. New Jersey ministers get their COVID vaccinations. Now they can spread the word. Spread what word? (laughs) About vaccinations? What's so shocking about these examples is that they actually represent the majority. And conversely, pastors and churches that dare speak up are in the minority. And even saying minority is really a gross understatement such that I know of only a small few who are even sounding the vaccine alarm. And the problem is that the ones who are do not necessarily pastor a church. Rather, they have done the research and they know the truth And the truth is, it's a lie. That's the truth. This is all a lie. Thankfully, there are some pastors who have counted the cost, put everything on the line, who know the Word, rightly divide the Word, and preach the Word, and speak the truth in love, because they love. One such pastor is James Coates of Grace Life Church of Edmonton, Alberta in Canada. Pictured here is a screenshot of his sermon on YouTube. It's out of Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. It was on February 14th, titled, Directing Government to Its Duty. I would highly recommend that you view this. Hopefully it's on YouTube. We provided the link I always download these videos onto my computer so I have them if they're ever pulled. This was his last sermon before being arrested and incarcerated, which, as of today, he is still in prison awaiting trial for defying Canada's COVID lockdown order. What follows are several quotes from this sermon and I share them because it speaks to the biblical illiteracy, even on the part of pastors, especially when it comes to the role of government. As I share from his sermon, I would humbly ask that you pay particular attention to what he says about loving one another. Quoting, How do we decide when civil disobedience is necessary? Let me give you three categories. One, when the government forbids what God commands. For example, forbidding the preaching of His Word can't comply with that. Two, when the government commands what God forbids. For example, commanding worship of a golden image. Can't comply with that. And three, when the government commands what isn't theirs to command. For example, the terms of worship for a local church. Can't comply with that. Not their jurisdiction. They have no jurisdiction at this juncture, so we cannot comply with that three categories that call for civil disobedience. But all of that, of course, is geared toward our response to the government. And we want to hone in on the God-ordained role of government. And so we're going to do that. Whose role is it to inform the government of its God-given responsibility, or to call them to repentance. It's the church. Why? Because we've been entrusted with the revelation that spells all this out. In fact, if the church refuses to fulfill this role and function, then it's walking in negligence. A negligence that's incredibly unloving. Did you hear what I just said? Actually what he just said. (laughs) Unloving? Yeah. Why? Because those who are walking in governmental misconduct are actually storing up wrath for themselves for the day of judgment. Don't you care? By not informing the government of its God-ordained role, and not pointing out when the government is out of step with that rule, and by not pointing out that they are actually governing unjustly, we're not loving. That's not love. These are individuals, human beings are accountable to God, who need to be confronted with their sin in order to realize they need to be reconciled to God through the Son, Jesus Christ. Stop right there. I need to parenthetically say this. I've been saying this as of late. These are people. Is that how you say them? You understand that when you buy the lie that they are the enemy, they're demon rats, they're leftists, they're liberals, they're globalists. No, they're not. That's not who they are. Who they are is a person that Jesus loves, that Jesus died for. How about this? Think about this. He loves them as much as He loves you. And the enemy, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think it is now, might have been last week, the textbook right out of Satan's playbook, Divide and Conquer. We also talked about it in the ten stages of genocide. You symbolize, you categorize, polarize. I mean it's just textbook. Because see, if that person isn't a person, then all of a sudden you've stripped them of their humanity. They're not a person. They're a, and you fill in the blank. And when you dehumanize, which is another stage in the genocide, when you dehumanize people and categorize people and symbolize people, then when they're sent to the guillotines, the ovens, they're not human. So what's the problem? These government officials, they're people that need Jesus. And here's the thing, and I, the Lord has convicted my heart in this regard. When I see people, I don't see them as anything but either saved or lost. And doing that just changes the whole complexion of everything, changes my heart towards them. Because if they're lost, they need Jesus. I don't see people as left or right, or Republican, or Democrat, or anything, but either lost or saved. That's really what it boils down to in the end, right? Instead of being angry with them, now when you see them like that, you have a love for them. That's how it changes you. By the way, you know when Jesus said, pray for your enemies? Those who despitefully use you, speak evil of you, Okay, I'll pray for him. God, in the Psalms, it says, "Let their teeth get crushed in their mouth, so they choke and die on their own teeth." In Jesus' name. That's not what that says. Nice try, though. It might start off pretty rough, right? When you pray for your enemies, I mean, you're, you're praying, God. Bleh, bleh. It's hard at first. Bless them. Ah! And then God blesses them. You're like, wait a minute. That's what changes your heart. They're no longer your enemy now. Because you prayed for them. And you prayed that God would bless them. It's not so much for them as much as it is for you and me towards them these government officials, these governors, these mayors, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Continuing on, this is a great sermon by the way. He says, you see, complying with unbiblical and unjust government laws is neither faithful nor loving. Affirming the government has an authority it doesn't actually have is neither faithful nor loving. It doesn't demonstrate true love for those in authority. It doesn't demonstrate true love for our neighbor. It doesn't demonstrate true love for the church. It doesn't demonstrate true love primarily for the Lord Jesus Christ. The church of all institutions, has this obligation to call the government to its God-ordained duty. That's love.
0: Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about, despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor JD has created these MidEast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast east Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast east Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for in Spirit and Truth" in your app store or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible prophecy updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.